Well, amen. Welcome. Welcome to Ridgeview Baptist. It's great to see you here. I didn't get a chance to go up in the balcony, so welcome to folks in the balcony. Thank you to our guests today. Thank you. If you're with us today and you're, it's your first time worshiping with us, thank you for choosing to worship with us. Thank you for joining us online, for those folks who are joining our live stream, so thank you so much. If you are a guest today or you've been a guest for the last several weeks, we kind of ran out of our, our guest candles We've got them back there now, and so if you're a guest, you've been here last few weeks, you didn't get a gift, please pick up a candle as you leave today. Also in the pew, there is our Connect cards, and also in the back at our welcome table, there's all kinds of cards there. If you have a prayer request or you want to praise the Lord for something, in your pew is these cards. If you're a guest today, we hope you'll take time to fill that out. You can drop them in the boxes as you leave. Those are called our worship boxes. Just put them in there, and this will help us learn your name, and we'll know that you were here. Mainly when you fill one of these out, if you're a guest, if you text, I'll probably text you. And then one of our ladies, Sharon Hurd, she'll send you a card, and thank you for being here, and we'll just follow up on you. If you would like a visit, you'll make that known on there. If you've been coming here for 30 years, you're a member, but you'd say, I, I'd like the pastor to come visit, or I have a question, or I have a prayer request... Fill these out, put in the box back there, and we will follow up on them. That was our preschoolers that came through, and we're so thankful for our preschoolers. Them and the children will be singing, correct, Jennifer, next Sunday, right? And so they'll be back up here next Sunday for Easter, and the preschoolers and the children, that's what the children's church is doing today. They're learning the song they've been practicing, and so they'll come up and sing, and then we'll have children's church again next Sunday to make up more space uh, for folks who will be coming to visit us. So thank you for being here for Palm Sunday. Next week is Easter. It's a great opportunity to invite folks to church. My wife was at the early service, and she grew up in a home that was a C&E family. If you don't know what that is, that's Christmas and Easter. Her family, would they, they didn't go to church when she was growing up. But they would go on Christmas and they'd go on Easter. There's a lot of your friends who are that way, okay? And so Jen, her family started coming. Uh, she got saved when she was 16. It was during our Bible school. And I got the leader to the Lord. And then about a month later, I thought, you know, that young lady needs disciple. And so we started dating. And so, uh, and then two years later, we got married. And for 30 years, we've been in ministry and marriage together. And she's my best friend and love my life. And I'm just so thankful for her. And so Easter is a great time. We got these door hangers. That's a great way to invite someone. We gave these out to our weekday preschool just to say, hey, you know, if you don't have a church, come to our Easter egg hunt, come to our services. So pick some of them up. If you haven't put them on your street yet, hang them out there this week so they'll know about their Easter hunt, Easter egg hunt. And invite them to Easter. Just a great way. Say, hey, I'll meet you. I'll meet you out front. I'll, I'll sit with you. And just a, a great opportunity to invite folks to come and be part of our service together. We're going to start a new series today. It's a series called What If? And so through the rest, uh, through the end of June, each Sunday, we will talk about this subject of what if. What we're going to do is we're going to study the promises and the possibilities in the Bible that God speaks into our lives. And so today we're talking about what if we keep silent? 
what if we remain silent? And so the scripture is going to take us to Luke chapter 19. If you want to go ahead and turn there, Luke chapter 19. I'm thankful for Brian and Amanda. They served here as youth pastor for 13 years. It was my honor to serve with them for the last 10 years of their 13 years. And then God called them and they planted a church and our church partnered with them and they planted one church and it is, it is doing well, it's growing and, and they've moved to Bancroft Bible Camp and God is using Brian and Amanda and so we're thankful for them. Mike Smith is out preaching today. He is at Safe Harbor Church and Pastor Gary who comes to our early service he is preaching at the upper room today. So a couple more of our folks, we are preaching out today. So let's remember all those folks that we've sent out who are preaching. So we're talking today about keeping silent. When should we speak and when should we be silent? This coming Wednesday is when the time is when we're going to be silent. Most of, most of us in this room and listening online, we're not comfortable with silence. When, when a preacher stops talking and there's silence, it gets your attention. That's uh, called a pause. And it's very effective when you're teaching or preaching. It, it gets people's attention. We get in our cars, what do most of us do? We're listening to podcasts or we're listening to, to the radio. We're listening to something. We come home. We usually have the TV on or some kind of racket that's going on. We are a people of, of noise. We have something in our ears or something that we're listening to most of the time. We are a people of noise. Wednesday is going to be silent. I hope that you'll join us at Silent Lord's Supper. When you come in the doors, we're going to ask you not to speak till you've left and you've went out the doors. You'll be greeted by some deacons and their wives and it's ceremonially, you're just going to wash your hands as a way of preparing ourselves for the Lord's table. And then you'll come in and we'll guide you through with a little bulletin and with scriptures on the screen. And we're just going to work our way through celebrating and reflecting on what Christ has done for us. So I hope you'll join us Wednesday as we think about what Jesus has done for us. This is Holy Week. This is the, the greatest week in the life of the church. This is when we celebrate Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. This is the, the Super Bowl for us as believers. I mean, the resurrection, when we gather together next Sunday to celebrate. We, we celebrate today when he triumphantly entered into the city. This is Palm Sunday. And then we think about through the week, all the things that happened. And then Wednesday, we'll celebrate as we think about when they gathered that during the week to celebrate the Lord's Supper and the Last Supper. And then Friday, many of you will be off work and, and you'll be reflecting on what Christ did for us on that day. We call it Good Friday. Why was it Good Friday? Well, it's because Jesus died for us on that day. And then next Sunday, when we gather back in here next Sunday, we're coming to celebrate that Jesus is alive. Can you say amen? We serve a risen Savior and we're here to celebrate that. And so what a wonderful week it is. So we start off by thinking about Palm Sunday. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 7 says this, There is a time to keep silent and a time to speak. We're going to focus today on learning when we should speak and when should we be silent. Three things today we're going to be challenged that we do not need to be silent. But in one area we're going to be encouraged that we should be silent. 
And so we're going to look in our passage in Luke chapter 19. We're going to read verse 36 through verse 40. This is the, this is the passage about the triumphal entry as Jesus enters the city. As the children reminded us, as they had the palm branches and they were celebrating Jesus' entrance. And so this will be our focus passage as we study together. Why don't, we, why don't you stand with me? We'll read the passage, we'll pray, and then you can be seated. Verse 36 of Luke 19. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. So he's riding on a colt of a donkey. And they're spreading their clothes. This is a hero's welcome into the city. This is like a king entering into the city. And so here we see Jesus coming in. Verse 37. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called out to Jesus, to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They pretty much telling them, tell them to be quiet. Verse 40, but Jesus answered. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if, there, there's our theme for our, pas our passages for the next few weeks. If these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Let's pray. Thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you for a chance to worship you. Let us be a people who will not remain silent, but we will praise you. We will tell the stones to get in line behind us because they will not take our place. May you encourage us today from your word and the authority of your word when we should speak and when we should remain silent. We stand in honor of your word today just as a, a posture that we are at attention and we are ready to hear from our commander-in-chief, Jesus, on what your orders are for our lives. Help us to come into submission and under the authority of your word. Teach us work in our lives. Speak to those who are lost, draw them to you. Challenge us who are your followers to make us more like you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. I want to thank Joshua and all the team, all those folks who help with the sound and getting it out for our live stream. I appreciate Israel and all the team who led us in worship. And I'm thankful for those who came to our new members class today. Nathan taught the discover part, I mean the grow part, and it was a great group. And so we're glad for that group. And so thank you for now being here in our time of study. Look here in Luke chapter 19. The first thing I want us to look at is what if we keep silent and do not praise? What if we listen to the Pharisees and we stop praising? What if we listen to others and we stop praising? What's going to happen. In this passage, this is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. In Zechariah chapter 9, there was a prophecy that God made that, that the king would ride in on a donkey, that he would ride into Jerusalem. And so we see this coming to pass. He rides in on this donkey. He comes humbly 
for his first coming when he was born of a virgin. He came humbly to offer himself as a servant. He's riding in on the coal of a donkey and he's headed to the cross. This is the beginning of the week that we call the Holy Week. The week of passion. The week that we think about this is when Jesus enters Jerusalem that he's coming to die. He's coming to die for our sins. This, is, this was set in place before the creation of the world. Before you were created, before I were created, before anything was created, all of this was planned and purposed. Jesus knew when Adam and Eve were created that they would disobey God, that they would reject God, they would deny Him and the authority in their life. And He knew before anything was ever created, He knew that He would have to take this journey and go to a cross and give His life for our sin. So it's a celebration as we think about he's entered into the city. Notice the people are worshiping him. Jesus allows this public worship. Many times he wouldn't. This is really the first time he allows this public worship. He would allow individual worship, but here's this public worship. Before he wouldn't allow it because it wasn't his time. Now he's allowing it because the day has come. The time has come. It's God's timing. All things were appointed for this time. And so he allows it. One of the things we learn about him allowing this public worship is that it confirms that Jesus is the Son of God. We studied through 1 John and we talked about the Father confirmed it when he said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit confirmed it. The testimony of people confirmed it. His sinless life confirmed it. There were so many confirmations, but now Jesus is confirming it because he's saying, yes, you can worship me because I am God. Now, here's the thing. Some people want to say Jesus was just a good teacher. He was a good guy, just like a lot of other good guys. But that cannot be true because Jesus allowed them to worship him. So there's two choices for you today. Jesus is either Lord or he's a lunatic. What's your choice? I choose to say Lord. How about you? Can you say amen? I believe he's Lord. You see, he said it's confirming that I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. It also is putting things in motion. The day has come. The time is here. You know, before there was times when they tried to, to force Jesus' hand. You know, they want to try to make him king and they wanted to try to press him, but it wasn't his time. Now the time has come. The cross, it's appointed time. So as he allows them to worship him, you see what's happening to the Pharisees? They're getting stirred up. He's pushing them. He's, he's pressing their hand that they're going to force his hand. They're going to take him to the cross, which was all part of God's plan. He uses the work of evil men to accomplish the wonderful plan of God. And so here he's allowed to be worshipped publicly. He enters into the city and it's a celebration as it should be. He enters in on this cult of a donkey and people are waving palm branches and they're putting their clothes on the ground and they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He is being worshipped. But catch this, Jesus comes into the city and there's the people, the crowd. Hosanna! Some of the same people in that crowd who were saying, Hosanna! On Friday will be saying, crucify him! Crucify him! One of the things I was challenged this week is that our worship, our praise should be genuine 
It should be consistent and continual. These people, some were joining in with just the crowd, saying Hosanna, but their worship and their praise was shallow, and it was insincere. And by Friday, they were ready to, to cast him aside. Let our, our worship and our praise be genuine and be sincere, coming from our heart. Let us not be a people who on Sunday say, Oh, how I love Jesus. And then on Monday when we go to school, we're telling the same old dirty jokes. We're looking at the same old wicked stuff in this world. We're acting just like the world. And we've just gone from worship on one day to wickedness to the other. Let our worship and our praise be continual every day. And let us be genuine in our worship. We've been doing... Some sign language. So for our new people, every Sunday we try to learn a new word in sign language. So our theme this year is we are family. So this is family. We are family. And then this is together. We, we believe together. We belong together. And we're better together. So the word today is praise. Okay? So you're going to do this. And you're going to go. So you're doing this. So we, can, we, have, we have a sentence now. We can say. Here, here. So praise Jesus. Am I right, Nancy? Does that sound right? Close. Best we can. That's bet. We'll, we'll do. If you, Nancy's my go-to for sign language because she knows sign language. And so we're, we're going to praise Jesus. So thinking of praise, let's talk a little bit about not keeping silent but praising him. He says in the passage here in verse 40, if my people don't praise me, the stones will cry out. Starting in June, we're going to start a six-week series called Creation 101. And we're going to learn lessons from God's handiwork. We're going to look at creation and we're going to learn some lessons that creation teaches us. One of the things we learn here that the stones teach us is that Jesus is worthy and he, is he should be worshipped with all that's within us. Jesus is saying, we can't but worship and praise him. He says, if they won't, the stones will cry out. I don't know about you, but I don't want the stones to take my place. They can get in line behind me because what Jesus has done for my life, I have so much to praise him for. And it should be something that's continually coming out of our mouths. It should be something that's continually on our mind and on our heart. We should be a people who are continually praising. We, we should be a people who says, what's the song that we sing? How can I keep from singing your praise? It should be always on our minds. Thanking Jesus. My buddy Steve O'North Carolina, we're always talking and he always reminds me we should preach the gospel into our lives daily. Being reminded, I was a sinner headed for hell. Why do I always remind you of that every Sunday pretty much? To say we deserved hell? Because we never should forget what Jesus saved us from. There's nothing good in us. I deserved hell. When I say that, it reminds me who I am apart from Jesus. I'm nothing. But with Jesus, he can accomplish great things in my life. And he's blessed me. I'm blessed by being saved. I'm blessed with the church family I have. I'm blessed with, with all the things. My family, my wife, my kids, my in-laws, my, my, my granddaughter. All this wonderful blessing. 
We should be a people who are praising God every day. How can we remain silent? We have been blessed beyond measure. And it should be a part of our day. Not just every, every day, but every moment. We should be thanking Jesus. Church, how can we remain silent? We should be praising him for what he has done. When Jesus entered into this triumphal entry, this is, his, this is when he first came to earth. He's on a donkey's colt and he's headed to a cross. He's going to suffer. His enemies are over here and they're scoffing and they're, and they're complaining and they're, and they're just telling him to tell his disciples to be quiet. And there Jesus rides in humbly to go and to die. I got a picture because we're studying Revelation on Wednesday. I got a picture of his second coming. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's not going to be on a donkey. Amen. He's going to be on a white horse. And he's going to have eyes, fiery eyes, and he's coming. He's not coming humbly. He's coming in power and in glory. He's coming not to go to a cross, but he's wearing a crown. And he's coming to set everything right. And his enemies who scoffed and laughed and, and mocked him the first time, they will be looking for a place to hide. And they will be looking to, they will bow and confess him as Lord. That's what's going to happen when he comes again. He'll be wearing a crown. But this time, he's coming humbly. And aren't you glad he came as a servant? Because you and I would be lost forever if he didn't take that path to the cross and die for our sins. I was taking my Saturday night bath last night. <laughs> and I got to thinking just about the message. I try to get things kind of organized on Mondays. That's kind of my go-to day and... And then I can spend all week just meditating and, and digesting it and working through it and thinking of illustrations and things. And so last night I was just kind of simmering over stuff and just got to singing in the bathtub. I'm glad Jen didn't walk in because she'd think I was crazy in there. And so I just got to singing. I remembered a little chorus. I want to kind of leads you in it. It's called, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. If you know it, sing with me. If not, it's pretty easy to pick up. But in this little chorus, it says, He has done great things. God has done great things in each of our lives. And we cannot remain silent. We must praise Him. Because if we remain silent, the stones will praise Him. So if you know it, I'm not the best. I've got allergies, but just do the best we can here. Let's sing it and think about what he's done for us. You ready? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Sing it again. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. He has done great things. He has done great things. 
He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Let's pray. Lord, right in the middle of our message, we want to say thank you. We want to praise you. We have so much to praise you for. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us. For your sacrifice. For your substitute for us. We deserve death. We deserved hell. But you took it upon you. Lord, that should be on our hearts and our minds every moment. Of what you've done for us. You are worthy to be worshipped. And Lord, let us never... Let the stones take our place. Shame on us. Shame on us for keeping silent. Forgive us when we are silent instead of praising you. Lord, may we not be ashamed. May we have courage and boldness to give you praise. Thank you for all the great things you have done. Blessed, bless your name, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Second thing, not only let us not, we shouldn't keep silent and not praise, but second of all, what if we keep silent and do not participate? Augustine said this, Augustine said, if you are silent... Be silent out of love. If you speak, speak out of love. There are times, as Ecclesiastes told us, there are times to be silent and there are times to speak. We should not be silent when it comes to praising the Lord. We should not be silent when things happen in our life, we give God the praise. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Never, never lose sight of that. Why do we give thanks over our meals? Is it because we're legalistic and we're going to get sick if we don't? No. We give thanks over our meals because it's on our mind. Thank you for providing this for me. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my education. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for my, my marriage. Thank you for my life and my kids and my grandkids and my friends. Thank you. Let it always be in our minds. But now we come to a place where he's teaching us there's a time to be silent. Let me give you a couple of passages here. Proverbs 21, you can turn to if you'd like. He's on the screen. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Guard our mouth and our tongues. There are times that we need to keep silent and not participate. We need to guard our mouth and our tongues. When it comes to gossip, uh, when it comes to rumors, when it, when it comes to backbiting, when it comes to hurting others with the words we say, when it comes to putting others down, when it comes to judging and a, a critical attitude and, and arguing, we need to hear what God's word says, put a guard on our mouths. Before we post something on social media, does that bring glory to God? Is that honor Christ? 
Before we respond, Chip Ingram says this, and we share this in our new members class. Chip Ingram says this, if I'm not a part of the problem, if I'm not part of the solution, I don't need to be part of the discussion. Do you know how much, how, how more impactful the church would be and the people of God would be if we would learn to keep silent when it comes to gossip and rumors? And we're pretty good about this. This is the way Baptists do it. We, we want to make spiritually our gossip. Did you hear about old so-and-so? We need to pray for them. We make it into a prayer request. We want to share gossip and rumors. And then we want to make it into a prayer request. James says that the tongue is of, uh, it's a great fire. It can, it can cause a great wildfire. Uh, in the weekday preschool, and I, I just want the bunch of, some of those kids that came up through here is in our weekday preschool. We've had a great year this year. And if your children's part of that, man, you've got great kids. We're already booked up to our max already for next year. We've already got 14 with just siblings and kids coming back. We're already full again for next year. But just thinking about the kids, what I'll say sometimes during chapel is I'll say to them, we have one tongue and we have two ears. What does that mean? We should listen more than we talk. Especially preschoolers, amen? I mean, hey. So we have two ears. But guess what, moms and dads and senior adults, same thing goes for you and for me. We need to hear what the Proverbs said, put a guard. Listen to Psalm 141, it says the same thing, verse 3 and 4. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Mike Smith at the men's breakfast yesterday was, was talking about us posting scripture on our on our steering wheel. Instead of having a bumper on our back, we ought to put it on our steering wheel. Maybe this is a verse you ought to put on your computer or on your phone. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep silent, church, and do not participate in evil. At school, young people, when they're talking things that goes against God, you do not need to participate. If they're doing stuff on social media that goes against the word of God and, and, and the things that you know God wants you to do and how you should be, you don't participate. Keep silent. Moms and dads on social media, instead of getting drawn into to stuff that you should not be drawn into... Keep silent. Keep silent. We should not participate. If we, would not, if we would remain silent and not participate in evil, we would be so much more impactful in this wicked world. James 1.19 says, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Maybe your prayer needs to be today, guard. God put a guard on my mouth. Help me to learn that I do not always have to respond. I do not have to participate in evil. The third thing, what if we keep silent and do not protect? My buddy Steve and I was talking a couple of weeks ago. He sent me a thing about uh, this whole gender issue. And I, will, I told the early service, we had 70-some at the early, I think 77 at the early service. I had a great group, so, such a wonderful worship time. And 
And I told them, and I'll say this because the children are downstairs, there's going to come a point sometime this summer that I'm going to do a message when God lets me do that, what the Bible says about gender and sexuality. Because here's what I'm, I want you to understand. We cannot be silent as the people of God. We must speak up and stand up for truth. Our young people and our children are not going to hear truth out in this world. They're going to hear it in the home because you teach them. And they need to hear it from the man of God in the pulpit and, and Patrick as he leads the youth ministry. And they need to le hear it from leaders in the church to be able to say, thus says the Lord. Here's what God says. I, I'm telling you, there's a line that's being drawn in the sand in our society. It, it's a clear line. And gender's one of the issues, and there's lots of issues, but here's the thing. We cannot remain silent. We cannot stop. We have to stand up and protect our children, our young people, and we're going to see in the passages that we read the widows and the elderly and the unborn and the poor and the needy and the fatherless. It's our place as the people of God. We cannot remain silent. We're the conscience for this, for this community. It depends on us. We cannot remain silent. And as I've said for 16 years as your pastor, we're going to speak truth in love. Amen? Amen? When we talk about gender and sexuality, we're going to do that in love, but we're going to speak truth. Our young people and our children need to know what God's word says. And so let me give you a couple of passages. Proverbs 31.9. Open your mouth. So that means don't keep silent. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. We think about our history, the church history. Think about in the first century as it began and started moving forward. It was the church. Where did most hospitals start? Who started them? It was the church. Where did a lot of schools start? It was the church. We had a role in the community in years past. It was us who were standing up for the poor and the needy. And then we've let the government kind of move in and the churches took our hands off of a lot of things. But we should still stand for injustice. We should still stand for the poor and the needy. Look in Isaiah 117. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, and plead for the widow. The people of God must speak up and stand up for the widow, for the poor, for the unborn, for the fatherless, for the elderly, and for injustice. We've got Larry and Sue who are, are lead us and keep it before us about the unborn. And I'm so thankful for their ministry. They keep it before us. That we need to be praying for the end of abortion. We need to be praying for those who are struggling. That God would speak into their lives and they would choose adoption instead of abortion. And we are to be a people who speak up and stand up. We cannot remain silent. Can you say amen to that? But we do it as a people of love. I told the early service. This line in the sand that's being drawn in our society. When we speak truth, we're not always going to be popular. We're, we're not always going to be the church that, that everybody likes when you speak truth. There's a line in the sand. And when we speak truth, 
There's going to be some people we're probably going to lose. But there's going to be a whole lot more people we're going to gain. Because I believe there's a community full of people who want to be a place where truth spoken. And we're the truth. And we're not afraid to speak truth and love. And so I'm telling you, we've got to stand up. Now, let me make very clear here. In no way am I saying we're coming some social gospel church. The gospel and reaching lost people is number one priority. Amen? We're going to preach the gospel. But are we going to be a people who's going to speak clearly on issues in our society from scriptural understanding? Yes, we're going to continue to do that because we need to be a people who do not remain silent. But we stand up for all of these who cannot stand up for themselves. The fourth thing is what if we keep silent and do not preach? What if we keep silent and do not preach? Well, the first one Jesus answered when he says, what if you keep silent and do not praise me? The stones will cry out. He answered this, sec this last one too. What if we keep silent and do not preach the gospel? People go to hell. He answered that one for us too. If we do not preach the gospel, they do not hear the truth of the gospel, people are going to die and go to hell. Let me give you a couple of passages. Ezekiel chapter 3, this is the watchman on the wall. Verse 17 through 21. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die... And you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, and his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you shall have delivered your soul. He goes on to say, again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin and his righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin and he does not, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. Also, you will have delivered your soul. Everybody that's a believer here today, listening online and in the sanctuary, you've been placed as a watchman on the wall. You're the watchman on the wall for your family. You're the watchman on the wall for your neighborhood. You're the watchman on the wall for your school. You're the watchman on the wall for your, for your circle of influence. You're the watchman on the wall at your work. You're the watchman on the wall. God's put you there. Ridgeview, we're the watchman on the wall for this community. And God says, warn them who are lost... Warn the wicked that they're surely going to die. We have to warn people. Share the gospel. When you're driving out the road and there's a policeman there and he's got a radar and you drive by. When you get out of his distance, what's the most of the time you do? Click your lights. Warning the next guy. Warning the next person. Hey, there's a policeman up there. Now, for our policeman, I apologize that we do that. <laughs> it's just what we do. So... Warn them. Hey, policeman up here. Isn't that interesting? This just always blows my mind. I will do that for a complete stranger. That guy may be the wickedest person in the world, but I'm still warning him. Hey, there's a policeman up above. I warn him about getting a ticket. 
but I don't warn him about hell. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that we'll warn people that we don't even know about, you might get a ticket, but we're hesitant about warning our family that if they don't trust in Christ, they're going to hell. What if we remain silent and don't share the good news? They're going to die lost. And we're going to have to give an account to our Father. He also goes a step further and he says, also, you're to warn your brother and your sister. If you see a, a, a someone who is righteous, someone who's a believer who stumbled into sin... It's our responsibility to warn them, to blink their spiritual lights at them and say, hey, you're headed in the wrong direction. Because I love you, you need to repent and turn back to God. We must speak truth in love. Look, listen to Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Today we are calling out the called. When I was a teenager, I realized God was starting to work in my life and call me to preach. And I did not want to be a preacher my dad was a pastor. I saw what he had to deal with. I saw church behind the scenes. You know, Wizard of Oz, the Oz behind the scene. I saw behind the curtain. I saw how church could be. I saw how church people could be. I'm just being honest with you. I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher because I'm bigger than them little kids. <laughs> and when I left home, when I went home that day, I didn't have to worry about it anymore. You know, I went on call 24 hours a day and I didn't want to be a preacher. So I went to ETSU to become a kindergarten teacher. God kept nipping away at me. God kept... <laughs> so at 18, I, I, I volunteered to lead the youth at our church, at my home church under dad. So I was just a volunteer, and I was leading the youth ministry, and I was working at the Eastman. Man, I had a good life, and man, I was making good money. And, but God just kept... Every Sunday, God kept, I'm calling you to preach. I'm calling you to be a pastor. And I'd come up to the altar every Sunday for two years. Finally, when I was 20... I remember that Sunday as it was yesterday. I got down and I said, okay, this is it. I'll do it. A new life. Quit the Eastman. Started following what God called me to do. And for 30 years, Jen and I have been doing this together. And it's been a wonderful journey. And I'm so thankful that God called me. And I'm so humbled that he did. And here's what I want to say. Pastor Gary Gearhart and his generation, they're retiring Where's the preachers of the younger generation? My generation's getting older. Where's the preachers of the younger generation? Church, we need to pray that God would call forth laborers. Can you say amen? We need some, some young men who are going to go into ministry. We need young men and young women who are going to go to the mission field. We need young men and young women who are going to serve in ministry. We need young men who are going to be pastors and, and going to be preachers. And, and so today we're calling out the called. 
Man, if you're beginning to sense that God's calling you, man, talk to us. We're calling out the call. We're saying, we, we need you. The army of God needs you. We, we need you. This is fertile ground here. If you're called to preach, this is a great place to come. We're going to take you under our wings and we're going to minister to you and encourage you and give you opportunities. Calling out the called. How are they going to hear if no one tells them? Church, we're all called to be watchmen. And there's some that maybe God's calling to be pastors and missionaries. We're, we're calling out the called. Would you step out and let go and surrender to what God's calling you to do? Palm Sunday was a week that began a week of many decisions. Think about it on that Sunday. Jesus enters into the city. And what a week that it's going to be. So many decisions are made this week that had eternal consequences. Judas decided to portray Jesus. The Pharisees and religious leaders decided to, to destroy and kill him. Pilate decided to wash his hands of it. The crowd decided to reject him and to cry out, crucify him. It was a week of decisions. Today, Palm Sunday, is a day of decision. If you're here and you're lost then you have a decision before you. If the Holy Spirit is working in your life and drawing you, would you come and repent today, believing in Jesus that he died for you and rose again and confessing him as Lord? Would you come today and repent of your sins and be saved? For us as believers, we have a decision today, a decision about will we remain silent and not praise and not participate and not protect and not preach or will we be a people who are going to speak out when we should and remain silent when we should? Luke 19, 41, it's the verse right after what we just finished reading. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He was the one that was going to suffer. He was the one that was going to die, yet it was he that was weeping. He's weeping for you if you're lost today. He's weeping. He does not want you to die lost in your sins. He does not want you to perish. He wants to save you. And then I wonder, church, if he weeps over us when we remain silent at work. When we remain silent at school and we're not praising the Lord, we're not sharing the good news, I wonder if he weeps because his people keep silent. Stand with me for prayer. Lord, forgive us for the times when we've remained silent, when we should speak up. We should speak up and praise you. We, could, we should speak up and share the gospel. We should speak up and protect and speak and stand for the injustice and speak truth. Lord, forgive us when we speak when we should not participate in evil. Lord, what I love about you is today's a brand new day. I've done confess to you in my office this week. Lord, just the times when I've spoke when I shouldn't and when I was silent when I should have spoke. But Lord, none of us need to dwell on the past. Today's a brand new day. This is a brand new opportunity to move forward from this day on this holy week. To recommit our lives today to live for you. To not remain silent. But to praise and to preach and to share the gospel. Lord, there may be some here that's lost today. We pray they would be saved today. They would not reject you and deny you. But they would receive you and confess you as Lord today. Repenting of their sins. Lord, there may be some here today who need to confess some sin. Maybe some here today who have a heavy burden. Some here today who are struggling with things in their life and need your peace and comfort and healing. 
Lord, thank you for what you're going to do in these few moments of invitation. And we pray this in the name of Jesus.